You are obsessed with this idea that anything that has to do with guns that may not agree with you is de facto propaganda. That's absolute nonsense. Guncast is a first-of-its-kind discussion of uh, all the aspects of, of legal firearm ownership, what firearms mean in South Africa, sports shooting, target shooting, people who are enthusiasts of this of this kind of thing. It's a it's a general discussion. And Martin Hood, Martin, you've been the, the host of this for the longest time. You have gun lawyer on your car number plate. It's all very exciting, but at the same time, you've brought up some extremely worrying. Uh, points around uh, how gun owners feel in South Africa, what their rights and responsibilities are, and how the government, seemingly in a, in a country where the rule of law is at best questionable, are doing very little to give us clarity and certainty around some of the aspects of, of gun ownership. I also have in the studio Tolwana Obela, who is a team member that's put together the Gun Safe Cities campaign report. And uh, Tolwana, I'm sure that we're going to have some things that we disagree on, some things that we agree on, and I'd like to have as many of those uh, issues aired during this conversation as possible. So let's just talk about Gun Safe Cities. What What is the Gun Safe Cities campaign report? It's actually very simple. We're not trying to change the world to take guns out of uh, an economy like South Africa or a country like South Africa, which has a huge number of firearms, both illegal and legal, um, is not something that one campaign can fix at mm-hmm. all. This is a series of interventions, both from the law side, from police, from social side. We're obviously social. Um, I'm a social anthropologist, so I'm looking at it much more from a society point of view and how we can start convincing people or teaching people, actually, what does it feel like mm. to shoot a gun? I'm lucky I had some bad training back in my life. But you had um, some. I had some. I understand how to handle a gun, a pistol, the lot. So I am close enough to know you do not mess with those things. They are not funny. You have to know what you're doing. But what is your opinion on private gun ownership? I mean, personally, and then we can talk about Yeah, on a personal cities. basis, I have no problem with private gun ownership. It scares me hugely, hugely, because as long as people are responsible with those things and they know how to handle them and they know where to put them and they understand that whole structure, then we might have an opportunity. There's too many guns that get stolen, that mm-hmm. get lost. And some of the stats we're showing, and I think uh, Martin will, will tell or otherwise, out of the legals, the stats we saw, about 20,000 end up in illegal hands. Hmm. That's scary. If that statistic that we have, uh, we have been using is even anywhere near that, I think we have some serious considerations. So really, gun safe is to flag up, to say, guys, look after them, be responsible with them. We're not saying take them away. We're not saying any of that because there are places where people sometimes require firearms. Sure. Sometimes, hey, we have hunting um, that is yeah. legal. So I'm not going to say thou must not hunt on a personal level. I have a problem with it, but I'm not going to stop you. If mm. if that's what you want, I'll try and convince you not to do it. But I can't say, here with Gareth, I'm taking your your hunting rifle and I don't care. 
Do you think that society would overall be better without guns? Absolutely. If Absolutely. nobody had them? Um, yeah, actually. It should be very, very few and extremely tightly controlled. Because what can happen, I mean, if you look at a place like Switzerland, mm -hmm. where they have a standing... Um, civilian army. A, yeah, civilian army that have guns at home. Now, those guys know how to shoot. They know how to handle their guns. And I think, if I'm not wrong, I think there's only been one major incident in the last 10 years or something like That's that. That's phenomenal. Is that right, Martin? Yeah, it's absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. So it is possible to own guns and handle guns and not go around having problems with guns. Um, on a personal level, I think as a sociologist, if you look at our history, mm. and especially during the time of change, that was really scary times. There were people, I, I hate to use this word, um, they were dumping guns. People were throwing, yeah. these are officials, not you and me criminal. Mm. And that's how so many of the guns got out. Now what are we going to do? Mm, yeah. Martin, what's the, there's clearly not going to be as much of a debate as we'd foreseen here. We were hoping actually to have gun-free SA. We were hoping to have the police. Um, they've demurred for whatever reason. I think perhaps because they're, they're not so sure of their own arguments in this respect and they'd prefer to uh, legislate on high and tell the rest of us what they think we should and shouldn't be doing. But I'm just supposing that and I'm allowed to come to my own conclusions in the absence of them willing to, to join in the debate. Oh, I'll help you with those conclusions. Let's, let's start with the police. The police know that they cannot publicly justify their position because it's untenable. They know that they don't have proper control of firearms. They know that the, they themselves as a police force are ineffective. They don't want it to be put into the public domain and expose that they simply don't do what the Constitution requires of them. And that is from the minister down to the constable on the street. Mm -hmm. Gun-free South Africa, again, I'd like to think they're scared of debating with me or someone like me because their position is equally as untenable but from a different point of view. And that point of view is that they come with arguments that are not based on fact. They are emotional arguments. They are intended to stir people's emotions and divert them from the reality and the facts that we have uh, on hand. And I want to talk about facts for a few moments because we started the conversation by saying there's a huge number of firearms in this country. That's not true. Uh, the Small Arms Survey which is a liberal think tank, which mm -hmm. is a, a sort of think tank that would fire in favor with the likes of gun-free South Africa, puts South Africa around about, I think it's number 77 in the world in terms of firearms ownership. And in an African context, because I don't like people importing arguments from um, outside of Africa to give Africa solutions. We need to find our own solutions. Yeah. But in an African context, many of our neighbors have a higher uh, percentage of firearm ownership such as Namibia and Zimbabwe uh, than South Africa. So to start a conversation by saying there's a huge number of firearms is, is, is not correct. And unfortunately, I think it's typical of the sort of liberal approach to the question of firearm ownership and its consequences in this country. And I want to then go on to another statistic. We talked about 20,000 firearms being lost per annum in this country. That may be so, but that figure cannot be used in isolation because what happens is there are a large number of firearms that are recovered per annum as well. And for the last couple of years, the police have actually been recovering more firearms than have been stolen. Oh, really? So, so, so we have a situation where that figure actually becomes meaningless 
what we should look at is the number of firearms that are being recovered and therefore the pool is becoming smaller. The last point I want to make is the issue of dumping guns. Yes, it's true that guns were dumped, Mm -hmm. but we mustn't forget that the current political party, the ANC in government, they refuse to hand over their stockpiles of firearms. And there's an interesting book that's been released recently by Anthea Jethry that um, talks to the circumstances around the period 1989 to 1994 in particular. And it's quite interesting um, that many of the Types of firearms that we find used in large crimes, so mm-hmm. crimes cash involved, and transit, cash and transit and bank robberies and so forth, <clears throat> they are either military police or liberation firearms, not civilian firearms. Hmm. And that's often glossed over by um, organizations that want to limit firearm ownership in some way, shape or form. Um. I'm interested as a starting point in whether or not you take issue with Tolwana's comment about how the world would be a better place or communities or countries or cities would be safer if there were no guns in them. Do you agree with that? Well, what I was going to say, and I initially decided not to, but I will now, is that guns are fun. And I got distinctly the opposite impression from Tolwana. We'll talk about that just now. Now... Firearm ownership is often bundled into one concept of firearm ownership, and it should be broken down. And I'm going to talk about the fun element of firearms because we did a show, for example, on clay target shooting, Mm -hmm. um, busting clays. That Mm -hmm. is the best fun under the sun as far as I'm concerned, and there's nothing more exciting than seeing uh, an inexperienced shooter pick up a shotgun and put some tuition busting clays, seeing your child or your father busting clays or your wife, as happened recently with me. Um, guns are fun. That's why, um, sports shooting in this country is particularly popular. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, uh, substantially increased over the last seven years. We've got to grips with the firearms control act. People have learned how to understand it, work with it, comply with it. And sport shooting has blossomed in this country. Uh, as I sta- as I sit here now, we're sending some protea shooters over to a big international competition. Uh, for clay target shooting in Europe. Hmm. We are hosting the 2021 World Bisley Championships in this country, and we have a very good prospect of coming at least second or third. So sport shooting is very active in this country. And and we mustn't forget the informal uh, fun element of uh, shooting firearms as well. That's just going down to the range and picking up a firearm with the correct uh, safety procedures in place and shooting it. I suppose for a lot of people, it's a tremendously empowering thing to be able to feel, especially if you're a woman, for example, and, you, and you're concerned for your safety, to feel that you've mastered a, a, a talent of, of using a gun responsibly and being able to have that gun around should you need it. I think it must be something quite liberating. For well, I, I think it absolutely is. And, and I think that we've jumped from the fun element to the serious mm. element very quickly. I'd like uh, to talk about the fun before we go away from it. Sure, okay. sure, sure. So um, it's not a negative, actually. I've done clay pigeon shooting myself, so I understand that part. I think what we're talking about is gun safe cities. We're not arguing uh, in terms of uh, the fun element, clay pigeon shooting. Those are controlled. 
great, is a controlled great target shooting. We're politically correct these days. What does one say? Play target oh, shooting. One says target. We don't call them pigeons. Well, one says pigeons. Someone, someone's going to get upset because okay. it's animal clay rights target. issue. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's those clay things that go up in the sky. Um, that I totally understand because in those formal environments, there is control. Yeah. You're dealing with people that know exactly what they're doing. You're dealing with places that are controlled, that people know why they're there. And yes, it's a tremendous amount of fun. I have missed so many clays in my life. It's not funny. I have too, don't worry. So, and, I, and I do it regularly. <laughs> I mean, the last time I did that was over 30 years ago, and that was bad enough. Um, I would like to catch something that you said on the rest of Africa. That is I do not agree with that comparison whatsoever. Yes, Zimbabwe had a similar situation in terms of the changes of government, and that is the closest. The rest of Africa going right down from Lesotho all the way up through the Sahara. I do not see the kind of uh, gun culture, the negative gun culture that we have in South Africa. Whether that comes from a fact that there are not the kind of numbers of arms there or whether the social setting uh, makes it different, I cannot say it definitively. I don't have the research. So I've got to wade in here because now we're getting to the meat of some issues. I only used, right. I only used two countries as a comparison, and they're both Southern African countries, and they've mm-hmm. both been through similar wars of liberation. Sorry, you, said, you said Africa. No, but I mentioned Zimbabwe and Namibia in particular. If we look at Zimbabwe and Namibia, they mm-hmm. have very low levels of gun crime, yet they have gone through very similar experiences to this country. In fact, both of them experienced a proper civil war as opposed to the low-level or low-key civil war that we experienced in this country. Mm-hmm. And we need to ask ourselves then, why if we have two countries around us that actually border us that have similar levels of firearm ownership, slightly slightly higher in fact, um, why why are their circumstances different? Why is firearm ownership the same, but crime is different in that country? And the obvious conclusion I jump jump to from that or I go to logically is guns are not the problem because we have similar circumstances mm-hmm. but different outcomes. And that's the point of departure when it comes to organizations that say guns are a problem. We don't need to look so simplistically at the problem to find the answer in firearms. It's not firearms. It's the people. It's the country. It's the mentality. It is society in general. We need to look at what causes these issues. And I want to just, again, go and analyze some comments that we've had. Mm -hmm. Firstly, deaths with firearms, or an accident is a word that is is often used and and the 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 gun free advocates would say that accidents in some of these accidents people are killed with their own firearms and that this is a good argument against people owning firearms full stop well the 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 reality is that because of the police's method of collecting shooting related incidents Mm -hmm. we don't know how many deaths result from accidents what we can ascertain Mm -hmm. is to some extent, how many deaths result from deliberate intentional acts? And there's two ways that we can ascertain that. The first is by simply reading our newspapers on a daily basis where we read about police actions mm-hmm. and where we re- read about the um, security industry 
and civilians shooting somebody. Right. It's evident that we have a, a large number of gun deaths or firearm deaths in this country directly as a result of crime. Mm-hmm. So that would be policemen getting engaged in an incident with criminals, criminals trying to commit a cash and transit heist, another major right. type of crime, a housebreaking, yeah. and either the criminal shoots the homeowner or the homeowner shoots the criminal or the security organization becomes involved and uses it firearm. Those are deliberate shootings. They are mm-hmm. not accidents. Right. And they constitute the majority of the use of firearms that results in a death in this country. Right. The number of accidents, we, we, we see many, no, we don't see many. We see on occasion some widely reported cases where um, a child is shot, for example, Tragic circumstances, particularly, for example. Yeah, you hear about a dad cleaning his gun and it goes off and mm-hmm. kills the kid or the kid finds the gun lying around in the house. Th- those, sort of those, fortunately, and not to play down the accidental death of a child, are very, very few. Yeah. We, we do see incidents, particularly in the Western Cape, of where people are, are shot in a crossfire. Those are not accidents. Those are deliberate shootings by a gangster or someone who illegally possesses a firearm and who's committing a criminal act so we need to be very careful about saying taking guns away is going to reduce the accidents because that's not that's not true our level of accidents is extremely extremely low well if we take jungle gyms away less kids will fall off of those too so this is not really a discussion that any of us are that interested am i right it's it's not it's it's not it's it's not it's not going to solve I'm so upset, by I, the way, that you two don't argue more. We see I'm each trying. other. No, we're trying, I'm trying to see each other yeah. because <laughs> fundamentally, it, it's it's about the people. As I said, I'm a social scientist. Right. How people, how society is organized, how much anger there is, how much fear there is. Who are these people and why are they doing this? Do we understand our own society enough? Uh, as, as we were saying earlier, the Swiss have a standing army that yeah. doesn't really exist and they don't have the same problem. But can I ask either of you or both of you a question and, and feel free to jump in on, on any point where you feel that I'm touching on something you care about. Do you think that there is a political element to this? I mean, you, you were comparing us to Namibia and Zimbabwe, for example. We've got a very unique history. Um, and we also have a, a, a party in government at the moment who are, for all intents and purposes, very opposed to the idea of private firearm ownership. They've made that clear in their policies up to now. Gareth, I've got to take ownership of this question. Yeah, that's over I'm to not a social anthropologist. I do have a degree in sociology from, oh, a, perfect. Very, from a very liberal university same here so that um, doesn't help either of us i, I, I think I, I think that you've touched I, I think you've touched on the key issue. there's a political element to this well before we get to the political yeah. element i think that we need to look at the historical element we have a society that is now in its third generation where the solution to a problem or a political issue is violence. Yes. Let's go mm. back to 1976. Let's go back before then. We know. Mm. Well, I, I let's say, go back I, I before then. 76 yeah. because it's it's it's, it's, it's so-called it's, a watershed. It's yeah. a watershed year sure. in our history. Absolutely. And for that, you, not and just for. for don't for all assume. Of us. Don't assume it that that's where it all started. No, it didn't. It, it didn't, didn't all sta- start. It didn't there. start there. But it's a, it's an easy. It's a it's a, an event. It's a year that we can all identify with. Now. We That generation of persons, with good reason, involved themselves in civil disruption and unrest. Mm-hmm. With good reason. I have cool. no difficulty with that. 
Mm-hmm. But what happened is that it was fueled by liberation organizations who wanted to achieve a particular political agenda. Certainly. That political agenda was achieved through violence from 76 through to the early 1990s. That political violence was By not whom? Sorry, let me just understand the, the violence. Uh, yeah, no, I, I was trying to figure out whom so, you were saying. So, so that violence was multifaceted. It was between different factions, different political organizations, and it was also and race And the government. Yeah, and, and race government. And, and it was race-based, yeah. yes. Before. But you mustn't forget about the conflict that, for example, took place uh, in particularly in Natal between the IFP and the ANC. There was, there was a massive amount of conflict. And I, I want to steer away from the race issue. Well, thank it was you. there. Yeah. But my point is that we had an environment where problems were solved through violence, not mm-hmm. only using firearms. And you could argue that in society today, there are still, if you look at the family context and the fact that we have such high, high rates of violence within a family and, and particularly against women and children, that we're still dealing with the aftermath of this in some way. Well, that, that's my point because that generation, that 76th generation are now grandparents. Mm. And what has happened is that we had a transition, a miraculous transition, but not without its problems. In that transition, we had more violence. Mm-hmm. Now, grandfather, grandmother talks to grandchild and to to their child and say, listen, back in the day, that's how we did it. The end result is that we don't have a mentality in this country. The ANC are very proud of the armed struggle, by the way. This is not a contentious matter. I mean, I, I'm reluctant to go into political factioning and the, sure. the politics I, I, I'm of not it. saying this is a political – I do personally yeah, it's believe it's a political it. issue. But, but the point I'm making is that we have a society that resolves problems mm-hmm. through violence. Yes. And that, that is – You can that, see it in service delivery protests. And, and it absolutely. only partially involves Firearms. I'm not discounting the involvement of firearms, but the majority of people in this well, country don't own firearms. But when they get firearms, no, when they no, no, get no, no, firearms, that's where people hang start on, hang on. moving. The majority that way. of people do not have firearms. We see, for example, arson. Mm-hmm. We see stonings. Mm-hmm. We have seen necklacings. Mm-hmm. Those are human and we see behavioral these, we see problems. And we see these rich businessmen who shoot their wives too. Yes, I, mean, I, I accept you know. that. I'm coming on to that. Well, what I'm saying, though, is. Before we jump the gun to the gun, right. we need to understand that we have a, a society that has inculcated violence. Which is why, for me… And we have a no, society no, just, just, that has allowed violence to go unpunished. And that's a critical, critical element because we often today hear and see and read about police who stand by during protests where serious offenses such as public violence and arson are committed, and they don't arrest those people. And if they do get arrested, they get out on bail, and then it goes quiet, and we don't hear what Mm -hmm. the consequence is. And what that does is it makes the use of violence acceptable and justifiable. That is our problem. Thank you. And that is the issue I have that says guns are the solution to everything. Now, um, you go back and you say the, the 76 is a break. It is not. The whole business of our country, the way it it was developed, was on the basis of violence, was on the basis of putting people aside. All of history. All of history. Sure. That, frankly, since… The dawn uh, of time. The dawn of time. Humans would club each other over the head. Yeah. 
And Van Riebeck and his guys came and said, give me that and I will kill you if you don't give me that. Right, right from then. So fundamentally, as a society, we have inculcated this thing to a point that is frightening. Well, I it think is, it's not, it's, it is not as simple. I, I agree with you. Guns can be handled well. People can use them, uh, in, in, uh, clays. They can do all of that. I'm not going to negate that. Where I think we must focus, we have to focus, is on the social side as well. Obviously, what you're talking about is an immediate need and an immediate issue around courts, around, uh, the police force, around the judiciary, and so forth. However, Around family. Around, exactly. Around Where are we going is exactly that. So All let's right, but, but not I, forget I it's do, a social issue. As much as you two are going to go down your social and social anthropology roads, I think that we've got to bring this back to firearms in some way. What I see this ultimately devolving into is that all of this violence which is the story of human history and in, in misery is the mo- is the most default condition for a human being, right? Uh, suffering, all this kind of thing. This is what every ancestor of ours going back in our family trees as far as we can trace has been subject to is misery and and trepidation and danger from other animals from other humans from violence from uh, genocide from all kinds of crazy things and at the pyramid's peak the only rule in the jungle is that the person who has the monopoly on force or who has the most powerful weapon in this case it would be a gun is the winner, and they get to determine the rules. But Gareth, this is about firearms, and I'll tell you why it's about firearms. Because we are agreeing, as part of the discussion we just had, that firearms are not the problem. That's my takeaway from this. Firearms are not the problem in this country. Whether they get stolen, whether they get misused, and it happens, they're not the fundamental problem. And the simplistic suggestion Mm -hmm. that taking firearms out of society whether in a limited way or a more holistic way, will solve our crime problems well, and our violence problems, that is not going to happen. Well, no, I think no, I, I agree asked, with I you. I asked Tilwana that, you know, would she in an ideal situation, and I do think it's idealistic, it's utopian, it's never going to be possible. Once, you know, the genie's out of the bottle, it's very difficult to put it back in. I don't think there is a solid argument that you can remove all the guns from society and everything will go away. All the problems will dissipate. That's not going can to I happen. Can I give an example? And, uh, and it's Am I right, Tal? I don't yeah, want to put no, words gonna, in your no, mouth. No, I'm it's, going to agree in a different way. Th- this because, is, sorry, if you look at Britain, Britain never really had personal personal ownership of guns. It was no, never, no, 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 no. <laughs> that's incorrect. Wait, what they, I'll tell you where it was. And uh, because I've lived there now, a lot they have shooting, they have all of that. I'm not saying they don't, but when you start going into the less, um, uh, how can I put it in a very nice way? They're less posh, frankly. What has happened is that there there are fewer uh, firearms there, and what has happened? London knife crime has yep. shot human. So what, that is issues. human mm-hmm. behavior in the same way. That gun behavior, it's turning into, it can, it has the possibility of turning into our gun type issue. Do you, do you see where I'm going? No, I don't. And I want, I have to talk about the UK. The last recorded incident in the UK of the legal use of a firearm for self defense was in 1994, uh, 1954. Um, really? Yes. 54 or uh, no, 1954. Um, hmm. uh, and that, uh, up until the, yeah. the mid 50s, you could own and carry yeah. a firearm as well. And then the various successive Labour governments introduced more and more restrictions. Up until 97, 
when there was the Dunblane shooting mm. and uh, v- many aspects of firearm ownership were changed. That hasn't affected crime in any way. In fact, it's had the inverse mm. result of uh, gun crime going up. But I want to give today's example, and that is that of Japan. Now, Japan uh, has very, very restrictive firearm laws. Very restrictive. That's no doubt as a result of World War II. I think even before that, Gareth. But there's a newspaper report and a media report today of a a deliberate arson attack in Japan where at least 10 people are being killed. Yeah, it was was an anime factory where they kind of make cartoons. And and again, that just emphasizes the fact that take away the firearm, take away the knife, we will still find a way to exercise – Violence on another human being Unless we understand How to control our emotions Our anger And how to resolve disputes In a more constructive way And it's utopian I accept that That all disputes can be resolved Amicably by sitting down And having a cup of tea I'm not going to wish I'm not going to sit down And have a cup (laughs) of tea With someone (laughs) that's trying to rape my wife I'm going to shoot him Yes But we need to understand That you cannot Focus on the firearm and exclude all other factors. No, 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 you no. Also, That's not what we're saying. You, That's you not also what we're can, saying. You also cannot say that by simply removing a factor, such as the firearm, the problem is going to go away. No, what, no, no. What do but you say? We're not, the, the issue, what I'm saying is that, of course, humans, Gareth just said, through the mists of time, they will find ways of otherizing. And mm. they will find ways of getting rid of the other so that they have the power. Oh, just it conquest matter. and yeah, dominance. it's conquest. Yeah. It's dominance. It's called colonization, frankly, if well, I can put it that it's way. Called, a it's also came, called biology. Yeah, so, they came in with a Bible in one hand and a gun in the other. Yes, but what this does is, that but, do? But, but, but hang on. It's not just a question of victim and aggressor because every victim has been victimized by someone else. Yes. And that's why they become the victim a yes. second time. I mean, you can go into the sociology of this, but effectively, this is how human stories are yes. developed. And, and human nature is not going to change. These hierarchies rise and they fall. Yeah. However, however, very much, we're getting caught in guns as violence. Yes, we're here to talk about guns. Actually, what we're talking about is human behavior with those guns in their hand. What happens? I mean, for for well, us, a gun the, doesn't make a you cha- a gun doesn't make you change your behavior. No, it, it has no. What it does, what it does, is give you another. No, but More, wait, 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 you're wait, describing, wait. you're describing characteristics. Wait a second <laughs> and just hear thought. me out. Mm-hmm. The issue is, as we both agree, people. Yep. Yeah? Now, saying that you, you said earlier, people are the issue, not the guns. No. Or did I miss? Hmm? Did I, did you say that? What I, what we're saying is, let people understand what these things do. I'm not here to talk the, the number of guns, the, the often horrific things that guns can do. I'm not here for that. I'm just saying, we're saying to people, Bon, you have guns. You know how to handle them. For goodness sake, understand some of the issues that may make you pull a firearm. I'm not talking about the crime side per se, but obviously that that exists. Mm -hmm. The safe cities for us is trying to get people's behavior to rethink, to kind of when you pull that weapon, have you sort of really cogitated about the power of that thing? 
what that thing can do to the other as well as yourself. So let's shift the conversation a little here then because I'm encouraged by what I hear and what I would like then to see is a more consistent approach to government in respect of promoting responsible firearm ownership. Right. Mm -hmm. I would like to see government understand that it must listen to the will and the wishes of its people and it has no monopoly on power or force because I think that's the political agenda that we touched upon earlier. Mm -hmm. The issue of firearm ownership in private hands is something that this particular government does not like because it is contrary to its political agenda of centralization of power. But let's accept that we're going to have civilian ownership of firearms for the foreseeable future. Let's accept that we have poor law enforcement and let's accept that we have the social problems that we've discussed. Why do we not reach out as organizations, the ones that I represent, organizations, say, for cities, country, South Africa, why do we not reach out and say, let's join hands and tackle the problems that we see and that we agree upon with respect to firearm ownership? And I want to make one point about this, and this has been repeatedly commented upon by our high courts in particular, and that is the issue of stolen firearms. We talk about 20,000 guns that have been stolen, Mm -hmm. and I've indicated that that statistic in isolation is pretty meaningless. When you have a firearm stolen, Mm. you are a victim of a crime. Yes. Yes. There is a criminal that has committed a criminal act. So I would suggest that the starting point is that we need to go back into society and say, why are you stealing guns? What do you do with those firearms? Now, I think the answers are pretty self-evident. But until we cut that need for illegal firearms, and there's only one way to do that, and that is to catch criminals and put them in jail. Yeah, rule of law. The rule of law. So let's talk about how we're going to enforce the rule of law collectively. Can I I just come in there? Um, You said the crime happens, somebody steals, therefore it's a crime. No problem with that. Now, let's split the split it and say, why? Whose gun is it? Why did you buy that gun? Have you kept that gun safe? Do you know where it is? All of but those good no, things. No, 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 let's, no, let's, <laughs> now no, we've got a debate doing, on our hands. All I'm all first doing all, is asking. First of all, our and courts, our courts have been unequivocally clear on this issue. And that is the person is the victim of a crime, even if they leave their firearm around negligently. So if I put a firearm on this table mm-hmm. and it gets stolen off this table, I am the victim of a crime. It's Absolutely. my property. No, you've had that, person, that person who takes it is That's committing terrible. the act of theft. But there are also Certainly. consequences for There's you. There's consequences for yeah. me. Now, this is, this is where organizations that don't support firearms ownership go completely awry. They say that... I, as the firearm owner, should be punished more than the The actual perpetrator of the crime. I am more of a criminal. Yet I did not take that firearm and steal it with the intent to use it illegally. And this is this is where agendas this is where agendas become a lawyer. I'm not a lawyer. Sorry, no, I've got to come in. Because I'm not a lawyer, you are and you're taking it from a legal standpoint. I cannot take I cannot talk to you about how the government is dealing with it. What gives a person the right to come into my home and steal my gun? No, it doesn't give it. But what gives you the right to leave a gun there lying around? 
just because you know you know that Why in home in- wait you know that home invasions the- happen you know that those things so happen so why is that gun sitting focus out? on the home invader first that's we my point if no, we no, didn't no. have home invaders guns wouldn't get stolen if guns weren't lying around what about the home invader no, but, stealing said but, guns so it becomes I, ridiculous I have to tell you, as a as a legal firearm owner i'm very conscientious about this and most firearm owners are the, the the case of these stolen weapons, more of them are stolen from the police than are stolen from private individuals. Absolutely. Okay, let's, now, let's roll I, it. I keep mine in a safe. I don't leave it lying around. Mm-hmm. But what you're telling me is that if I were getting ready to go out, for example, and I don't carry it with me when I do, but if I were and I put it on the hall stand and I went to wash my hands, for example, someone walked in, swiped it off the hall stand and disappeared with it, that I must be punished more excessively than the person who's stolen it. As I said, I cannot comment on the... But this on is the what, no, I'm not going to comment on who gets to jail first and who is more criminal, whether it's the owner of the gun, whether it's the chap that came in to steal the gun, or whether... Well, in this case... No, but in it's, this, a criti- what it's a, saying, it's a critical issue, issue because you, what you're doing is you're saying that the legal firearm owner is... More responsible is more subject to criminal sanction than the person. Which, by the way, would mean if you did mean that, and I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but if you do believe that the firearm owner is more responsible and has to be more responsible, then he or she should have more rights. I'm, as I said, just I as cannot, they have more responsibilities. I'm not. I'm not going to my, venture my, my, my into the legality of this thing. I cannot because we have come into it from a point of communication to say to people, Joe, average, you and me, guys, this is what kind of happens. I don't know if you've actually seen the film. It's a very short, simple to understand film. Tell us says, about that. Yeah, what we, we did was we gathered people, a total number of six. Some were owners, some weren't owners, and they went on range. They mm-hmm. were taught the ones that didn't know how to shoot. They were all taken through the process and had a good idea. Okay, fine. Then they do range target shooting. Simple, you think. Mm-hmm. Then the target comes back. Please watch this thing and listen I've to people's seen it, reactions. And what concerns me is that you did that through dishonesty because you admit that you didn't tell the people shooting the targets that they were shooting themselves and i have a fundamental problem with any organization that bases its campaign on an act of dishonesty no no so, no, no it's not about dishonesty no, that was the you issue that you Wait, said the in issue the, you said in the ad the issue we did not tell the user of the firearm that they were shooting themselves the and you issue. did it to get a reaction. What they did. No, what that happens? Sounds a bit it's, like propaganda. No, though, you know what? There's a simple thing. There's there's a, a quote that I, a, a phrase that I'm going to use um, that is not an English phrase, but I hope your listeners can get it. Your head opens. You see that thing, and you think, "Holy moly, this is what it is. This is what I've done. This is what could happen to me." It's not about. Um, I'm not going to go into legalities. I'm talking about the person. But how does that about stop how they, abuse of firearms? It's not about stopping. It's about people opening their eyes so and it, saying, th- so holy then it's moly. About, then it's about propaganda to try and convert, propaganda? Because it's not based on So hang fact. on. Do I understand this right? You've got a bunch of people. They mm-hmm. shoot at targets. They don't know the targets are themselves. Mm-hmm. When the target comes back, they see that they've been shooting at mm-hmm. themselves, and it's all horrific. And they question themselves. And they, that's all we're doing. We are not. We are not out to say people lose your guns. We're out to say you own them. 
But you there's other illegal. ways. There's other more honest ways that you could have. We got chose that, that particular out. message. We chose if, that particular message. If you did message, that to me, I'd, I'd be, I, I wouldn't be horrified that I'd shot myself. I'd be pissed off with you that you'd trapped me into this. What is interesting is that people did not react that way, the people that we had. Well, we so, only have the end product, so we don't know about well, that. Well, then I'll give you the unedited if you want. Uh, if that's what it boils down to. Those were shoots. Those were what people saw. And those are how people reacted. Yeah. Hmm. There's, there's, there's nothing to, to gloss. There's nothing more to say. It was in the same reaction. I can assure you that the response of the average law-abiding firearm ownership was one of disgust and that it has been virtually universally rejected by firearm owners as a stunt, a propaganda stunt, yeah, an unfair, it feels, it feels like an unfair Misrepresentative stunt. It's almost like, and, it's and almost sorry, like, Gareth, you know, and, and the message that came across was not, let's be more responsible. The message that came across was guns are bad, therefore get rid of them. That's how it's been uh, interpreted. Wow. Or you're going to end no. up the victim of your own gun. It's about well, look, understand it, what it a feels gun to me is, almost what like it those, does. It almost feels like those Jew baiting things that the Nazis used to do. They Good used to reinforce Lord, propaganda. No. no, it does. No, 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 no. It feels like I'm Garrett, being misled. No, no I'm I being mean, misled to, to believe. I mean, I don't know. I'm shooting it myself. No one tells me that. Then no, it comes at me and they go, "Look, it's you, you bad don't, man." Don't, don't, you know? don't put it within no, an, a Nazi I, propaganda arm. Don't, because now you're conflating things that are completely different. I just heard of it now. I didn't know. I've an seen the advert, yeah. and I have my own personal view. But I've and also I also have my own personal view, and we have other stats and other people that have my, a different my, personal my, view. My to question, you. my question for all of us, is quite simply: Was it a constructive way to go about sensitizing people to be more responsible? And my answer is no. It was for not. You, a, maybe it was not a constructive way. For you, way. maybe. If you want, first of all, for you, first maybe. of all, <laughs> show me the, the stats. There's, there's little evidence. That legal firearm owners are irresponsible. And I want to, I just want to pause for a moment and say that if one looks at crime statistics, and I accept all the debates about accuracy of statistics, the number of firearm owners that are convicted of an offense such as negligence in respect of the loss of their own firearm is very, very low. The last statistic I had, and it's a very old statistic going back to the late 1990s, was 0.04%. I don't know what it is now. I don't even know if the police can give a statistic like that. But it's very, very low. Yeah. And the majority of firearms are not lost. They are stolen. And they are stolen by virtue of a criminal act. And we must not lose sight of that. So if you want to sensitize people to be more responsible, it should have been done in a constructive way. It should how? have been. Give me your ad. It should no, have been. No, give me your ad. Uh, well, you, if you let me how finish. Would you have done? If you let me finish. <laughs> no, you should have let me finish earlier. <laughs> how would you have done that ad? I, I would have, first of all, reached out a hand to organizations such as those I represent, and I would have said, How do we go about a campaign together to sensitize the public? I'll give you another example. In the early 2000s, um, the South African Gun Owners Association was given access to a program called the Eddie Eagle Program. It's an American Eddie Eagle Program. Oh, yeah. It's an American program developed by the National Rifle Association. It's meant to be neutral. Obviously, it's not totally <laughs> NRA. neutral. It's meant to be neutral. Okay, I understand yeah. it's the NRA. It's a very simple cartoon-type <laughs> program. And yeah. its message is, if you see a firearm, stop, don't touch it, 
leave the vicinity, call an adult. Now, that is a message of safety. It tells children, don't touch a firearm, mm-hmm. and what to do. Mm-hmm. Now, that we, we presented that to government, and government rejected it. They didn't want to Why? put it in. They didn't want to put it into schools. Oh, yeah. Ask government. Okay. Okay. Now, that is a simple example. And you say, what would our ad be? That would be the the basis of the ad. If you'd come to us and said, "Hey guys, you're pro gun. You've got access to channels where you can access legal firearm owners. We want to do a free ad where we promote responsible ownership of firearms." I can assure you that the organisations would have jumped at that opportunity, really. But instead, you chose to portray shooting on a shooting range in a very negative way where people unwittingly, unknowingly shoot themselves. That is not a positive way of promoting responsibility and firearm ownership. One come can, to us. One come can to agree us, or disagree in terms of us, methodology of communication and how us, you think it's going to work better. Come to it us. really is. We give, make, just, no, we make those things for a living. And we spend our time saying, okay, what is the thing that we can push through to a certain level of people? Remember, this was an experiential thing that went online. How can we get that message through to a point where they say, yo, okay, it's only as safe as the people that own it. I understand that. That's a fair I point. I understand yeah. that shooting. I understand that. And it's done in a way that does need for people to go. You oh. see, I, I think I really think that you've got issues asked about face. And I'll tell you why. Because the advert focused on the, the shooting, the discharge of a firearm. The Eddie Eagle program that I mentioned focused on gun safety and gun safety. Those come first before you pick up a firearm. So you jumped way ahead of what you should have done when you could have had a simple message of that was a bloody simple no, message. It, it was propaganda. Sorry. No, you are you are obsessed with this idea that anything that has to do with guns that may not agree with you is de facto propaganda. That's absolute nonsense. Like I said. If now you you're t- trying to be calm and I'm getting passionate. You were, you were passionate <laughs> earlier. And I think this is something. Well, I'm, I'm relieved that we've got to a point where there's something that we disagree about. And, so and, a problem. I, I, and I want to put it, I want to put it out there because advertising, professional advertising can be very powerful. Mm. And you chose, in my view, to abuse that power, mm. but you can remedy it. Oh yeah. Come to us with an open mind. Uh-huh. On a firearm safety message. Mm-hmm. And we will do whatever we can reasonably mm-hmm. to assist, promote, and put that concept out into the public domain. And again, I've, I want to stress the example of the American program. If you see a firearm, stop. Leave the vicinity. Mm-hmm. Don't touch it. Call an adult. For and children. No, no, no. That was my cue. I was asking a question. It, it, it's, it's you a message said earlier. It's it, focused at it children. Was, it was focused on, yes. on on school children, but the message is applicable to everybody. Don't touch a firearm unless you know what you are doing. And we're saying don't play with a firearm I because this is not this is I, this I, thing I, is serious. Yeah, I, I have to kind of come to a summation on all of this what i'm pleased about is look we we clearly have differences of opinion when it comes to the message and how that should be delivered i think everybody in the room is agreed and most legal firearm owners i'm sure are agreed that this is a tremendous responsibility and having a weapon 
of this kind of power in your hand does create inequality of of ability from one person to another. That's essentially the reason why people feel that they probably have to meet force with force and equal force. And in our law, that is something that stands, certainly in self-defense. But guns are things that we all take seriously. And I think that firearm owners largely are responsible people who take that responsibility quite seriously. I feel that our police maybe don't understand this as well as they ought to. I don't think the problem lies as much, while there are going to be problems with individuals who own firearms, and that's because, you know, one in every ten people is probably crazy, whether they're firearm owners or not. Mm -hmm. And as you've already indicated, Torwana, in London, if you take away the guns, they'll find knives. Bad people will find ways of doing bad things. I totally agree with that. I think that the, when we come to firearms, maybe the, the, the argument and the focus of all of our collective ire ought to be at the law enforcement people who are not doing their jobs. Well, I, I, We're I, making it difficult for good people to just abide by the laws. If they want to go and shoot clay pigeons, great. If they want to go do target shooting, great. But the fact that we have to have these things as self-defense weapons. I, I need to wade in on that as well, Gareth, because you're talking about two different aspects linked together by virtue of the, the police and law enforcement. Yes, people want private ownership of firearms for protection because the police are ineffective. Mm -hmm. But there's another very important element, and that is the administration around firearms as well. My experience, and I think I have a, an extensive amount, is that people generally want to obey the law. They want to do what is right in order to obtain a legal firearm, and there's processes. Yeah. Unfortunately, those processes are broken. They are fundamentally broken. Mm -hmm. We have poor record keeping. We have incompetent police officers in charge of these processes. We have police officers that are politicized to the extent that they're quite prepared to lie. They're quite prepared to infringe upon people's constitutional rights to fair processes. And we have a situation where the police and government do not seek solutions to obvious problems. And I'm going to give one example, and that is expired licenses. I receive 10 queries a day about what to do with an expired license. These people, they made a mistake. In many instances, quite legitimate. In other instances, people just didn't apply their minds. But the fact is, they have an expired firearm license. Mm -hmm. They want to legitimate that possession of a firearm. And government has been moribund for a number of years and has not come forward with a solution to deal with expired firearm licenses. That has got a number of impacts. People are losing faith in government. People are losing faith in the police. And people are sitting back and saying, why must I comply with the law? If the law is so badly applied, it's so confusing, and it's so poorly enforced. Mm. So here's my take out in this particular segment. And that is government, get off your backside. Yeah. Get the administration of firearms done properly and there's a very and critical follow you and, and say and, and there's a very critical element chaps, and choose right be responsible all of that no no i want to we're i want to focus not government. i want what to focus seeing? on the criminal element for a moment i see on a regular basis criminals who should be convicted of serious offenses not being convicted mm -hmm. because of bad record keeping on the part of the police so this is not just about civilian ownership of firearms. Yeah. This is about dealing with the problem of the criminal illegal use of firearms. And until 
government gets the administration of firearms in order, we are going to have dangerous criminals running around with firearms that they're not allowed to possess, committing very serious crimes with them. Yeah, I think, you know, this is one of those things we can go on and on about. Uh, these are the things that kill brides and break up friendships. You know? not, not in my environment. We're all gun owners. Hey, exactly. You, know, the, you get one ungun owner and then they're ten. Believe you me, I've been there and ripped to shreds without people wanting to listen and say, what I worry about and what I do is to make sure... Yes, you talk about your own responsibility. I agree with the issues about the state and what is going on with the state, and you have every right to so to have your view. Join no, hands. you have your view about the state, and that's where, as much as I'm going to go, because we are looking at this. You're gonna you're gonna sit there, and you're gonna make sure the cops get the systems correct, get everything correct. What we're saying to people at the end of it all is, please. Be responsible, please. If those systems are correct, then when the person is given a firearm license, they will know what their legal responsibilities are. They will have complied with them. They would have had the requisite training and they will be responsible. Now, And is their heart there? Is our society Honestly, there. Let's be honest, guys. Well, I know legal firearms. Let's. Have you, know, have you seen legal uh, firearm owners? Toy toying in the streets, oh, brandishing no, firearms. That is no, 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 no. I'm sorry. I, I, we've we've, we've run issues. out of time as much as I would like, and it was just starting to get really hot again. <laughs> but the two of you are going to have a lot of time to discuss this in, in, in your own fora, and I would imagine that there are going to be these, whether they're the brides and the, <laughs> and the dinner parties, or whether they're much more, um, let's say, formal debates. Mm-hmm. The fact is, though, that we've come to the end of this. I hope we've reached some conclusion. At least we've thrown in a couple of ideas that people will either agree or disagree with in their own space and time. And I thank you both for your time today. Uh, Tulona Trobella and Martin Hood, thank you so much for the uh, final gun cast debate. I'm sure that we haven't finished all of this. There's going to be a lot more to come from it. Thank Thanks, you both. Gareth. Thanks, Gareth. Cliffcentral.com